guys, I'm Richard Fitzgerald. This is Dubai Works, where we interview the business leaders making a difference in this great city. That business with scalability was very interesting to me. I like building something that has legacy. So this week, the IAB MENA, the Internet Advertising Bureau, released their annual uh, market sizing spend report. Augustus Media are a board member of the IAB, and this year's figure was $5.5 billion for 2022 in digital revenue, of which it grew 20% over 2021, a huge number. And uh, that was a big event that I was involved in and attended this week. But also in the news, never a dull week, uh, in transactions and Football transfers and business deals and investments. Uh, one of the headlines is that the PIF in Saudi has merged DP World Tour, the Golf, of which Love and Dubai are a media partner every year, and also uh, Live Golf, the Saudi new golf startup, and then the PGA. So that was a big golf business story. And then more in sort of hardware, software announcements, Apple came out with their much-awaited uh, headset, the Vision Pro, um, of which is pricey sum of some uh, $3,500. Uh, so we'll see how many people will be walking around the Dubai streets with a Vision Pro on pretty soon. I'm sure it's a status symbol. Uh, this week's a really interesting uh, startup story, business story in Dubai. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Dubai Works Business Podcast. Today, we are live with Aisha Leitner, who is the CEO of Party Camel, a one-stop online party shop and retail store, bringing its consumers the most inspiring design-led party wear and innovative gifts from around the globe. So we're going to hear about how Aisha started uh, the Party Camel, and we'll talk all about the marketplace, competition, and plans for the future. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So yeah, so tell us a bit about Party Camel. Okay, so Party Camel, I, I started Party Camel 10 years ago in 2013 when I had my daughter and I was planning her first birthday party. Uh, it's a classic story where I couldn't find the things that I needed in the market. And then um, that's where the idea started of uh, having a party shop. But what that would look like, or it took me another... Uh, two years and another baby and him turning one <laughs> when I finally went again I'm like okay we wanted to have the hungry caterpillar as his first birthday theme and I couldn't find anything locally again I ordered the things in the UK and the uh, package my husband was visiting he was supposed to bring it back he didn't arrive on time and it was a bit of a disaster so um uh, I, and, and I think that's when my husband said to me well you need to stop talking about this party shop idea that you have and maybe do something so that's when I decided okay uh, I'm going to start a party shop and it's going to be online at the time because I wanted to work around the kids and work around the hours and uh, yeah so that's when the idea of party camel came about yeah I think a lot of people can relate to the story you talked about in terms of not being able to find things and and also spotting gaps in the market is a general uh 
a way to start a startup, but also in particular in the UAE around commerce and uh, purchasing and retail. Uh, but having the idea and seeing a gap and executing are two very different things. So was your background or in e-commerce or marketing or how did you, was there anything skills that you could relate to that you could put into the party camel? Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> would be the honest answer. No, um, my background is in HR. Yeah. And I did something completely different. But once I had the kids, I naively thought, well, how difficult could it be? <laughs> I, I could do a, uh, I could buy some, th like bring in some things. I could start in my storeroom. I could have a web shop. I could partner with a delivery partner. And, you know, we can go from there. Simple. And obviously it's been exactly as easy <laughs> as that. And uh, I mean, obviously it's been a huge learning curve. And one I'm very grateful for. So, yes, I mean, it's uh, 10 years in May now, but... Uh, uh, I think I've learned a lot along the way. So had I probably sat down and did all the market research and everything else, you know, I'm not sure I would have embarked on this journey. But having said that, I'm, I'm, it's been amazing. Yeah, overall, it's been uh, an amazing we, we'll journey. Go, we'll go into some of the of the journey, but so just to bring us up to speed to where you are today. So, you know, your presence online is, you know, it looks like a, any other uh, well-established e-commerce business. Uh, yes. What does that look like behind the scenes? You know, are, are there numbers you can reveal? Are there number of people employed or, or how many items do you ship in a year or something yes, like that? Yes, of course. So just to give you an idea of the scale, yes. So we have two warehouses in the heart of Dubai. They're in based in Al-Quz, just off as you come off Al-Manara. They're just right by Al Circle Avenue. So if you go on first Al-Kale, you can't miss this. It's a big mint uh, warehouse with lots of confetti dots on it and a camel outside. Cool. So that's party camel. And uh, we moved to those premises about two years ago, and that's when we decided to have a physical shop as well, because a lot of people wanted to come and touch and feel the products and see them. So initially, we started off as an e-commerce online shop, and then we've added the walk-in shop there as well. Uh, so we've got the two warehouses there, and we also distribute luxury um, uh, party and gifting brands. And we work with around 50 retailers around the UAE and the GCC. And we work with... Uh, uh, I mean, we've worked with a lot of like Virgin Mega Stores, with uh, Waitrose, with Spinney's, with Galleries Lafayette, uh, and of course with the online as well. We work with uh, uh, Mom's World, with First Christ, where we supply all of these places uh, whole in wholesale. So it's all your party decorations, your tableware, um, games, gifts for children, and then we have the retail side as well, where we sell direct to consumer. Sounds like a large operation. It does, but um, it's a small team, so there's 10 of us, and we manage, and uh, everybody, as you would in a small business, we kind of help each other, we wear multiple hats, we do what needs to be done, so mm. yeah. And good mm -hmm. HR, obviously. Well. <laughs> <laughs> good team. But no, it's fascinating, and uh, so when just to break that down a little bit, so when you're supplying to, as a distributor, are they... Are they your own products? Uh, so is Party Camel branded on these products? Is that how you do it? Uh, the majority of the products are from international, uh, well-established brands within the industry. So the brand, we select the brands very, very, it's very niche brands. For example, Merry Merry Party. Uh, they've been around for maybe more than 25 years, the best in the industry. So I'm very particular about, I only pick the best of the best. And they do um, uh, brand new spring, summer collections, autumn, winter. So it's a bit like fashion, uh, if you will. And we have catalogs every season and we cater to, of course, everyday parties. But then, of course, you have all your seasonal. And in Dubai, we're in a very unique position where we 
celebrate everything. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm Muslim and my husband is German. He's, he's, uh, and we celebrate in our house, we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Halloween, Easter, Eid, Ramadan, everything. And, and, I, and I love that as well. And I love the diversity of Dubai because we're in a place where we're able to share that with our friends and our neighbors and all the different occasions. Uh, so we cater to all of those. And one gap I did see in the market is um, a long time ago, and I kind of wanted to start with that, that um, the market overall globally is very catered towards, say, Christmas and Halloween and all the things that everybody celebrates. But when it comes to Ramadan and Eid, I found that you couldn't find the beautiful, nice products on that scale, that on a premium level, whether it's... Um, Uh, buntings, whether it's tableware, anything to make that occasion a little bit more special and mm. to get children excited as well. Like I think kids are uh, very excited when it comes to Christmas. I remember even when I was younger, I always wished Father Christmas would come to our house. But of course, we were Muslim, so he never came. <laughs> 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 so I wanted something there for children to be excited about Eid as well and about Ramadan. So we've... Um, created collections for Ramadan and for Eid. And we've also done that in collaboration with one of our brands, which is Merry Merry Party. And they they collaborate with big brands. They're in Harrah's, they're in Selfridges. It's a very established brand. So mm. we've uh, created a collection for to cater towards Ramadan and Eid in mm. collaboration with them. Mm. Uh, so that's something that we've done. But apart from that, all the other products we represent brands. We've got a beautiful brand from France, which is uh, Jekyll. A lot of people will know it. It's uh, games and gifts and toys. And uh, they, they are a French brand and they're in they're worldwide, like in 54 countries or mm. more. And then we represent them in the UAE and in the GCC. So if anybody wants to buy any Jekyll products, then they will come to us. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about what, what else, where else people can get some things. But uh, talking But mostly now, firstly on Party Camel. Uh, so, you know, do you actually think that you're running a, an e-commerce business? Is this, I know there's a physical store, but what I mean by e-commerce business is the margins, the shipping, the distribution, the technical, the marketing, like all the things that go into, like, was there funding needed? Like all the difficult things about Uh, setting up an e-commerce business is that is that mainly what this is absolutely yeah, yeah. that's how we started as well 10 years ago um, and it, it was never in my plan like I never had a dream to own a shop or you know how maybe some people would grow up and say oh, I'd love to have a gift shop or I'd love to have so that was never it just kind of as a byproduct in the end but we are first and foremost an e-commerce business I would say definitely Uh, so we started with the Party Camel uh, uh, shop, the website. So it was only e-commerce. So people could go to the website and they can order things and then we would pick, pack and deliver those uh, to them. And we still do that to this day. So that's the core of our business, most definitely. And then we also work with um, uh, other companies like Mom's World, for example. So Mom's World would have all of our products on their website and then as customers order from there we would then fulfill all the orders for them we would pick pack and uh, dispatch those and then we work with a few other first cry with noon uh, now now so yeah yeah which is uh, very popular at the moment yeah. yeah definitely and so so moving backwards so that you told us when the when the warehouse and when the shop was in Alcuz, but but some of the milestones along the way you know when when was the first license Uh, when did you get decide on the payment gateway? When was the first shipping? And sort of what are the stages that you went on? And at any stage, were you outsourcing something that then you brought in-house? Oh, absolutely, yeah. 
um, all the time. So every year there'll be something that we need to look at and we need to fix. So we started off, I started off in 2013, just to give you a very quick uh, recap. So 2013 was my storeroom at home. I had a large storeroom and we would pick and pack. 2014 is when we um, uh, signed a deal to supply supermarkets. So we supply Waitrose and Spinney's. And it was um, like every like candles and plates, and napkins, so things that people would go to the supermarket. Maybe they're picking up a cake, maybe they have a barbecue at home or a party, and then they can easily access those products. So that, for me, was a big challenge, and it was a lot to take on. Looking back now, it was I was barely f- completed one year in business, so I started off with a free free zone license, started off with a website, and that was pretty much all I needed to get going. And then once we started, uh, once I signed this contract to supply the supermarkets, then the whole business changed because then I needed an onshore license and I needed a different setup. I needed obviously more product. I couldn't do that from my storeroom anymore. Mm. Uh, So then I, uh, in 2014 is when I took a mainland license and then I outsourced because I didn't want to take on the responsibility straight away of having a warehouse and having all the infrastructure and everything else to deal with. So we had a, uh, started working with Aramex and they had an e-house back in the day in Alcuz where they would support the smaller businesses. So we bought a uh, ton of product, put it in Aramex for them to uh, warehouse and fulfill. And then we had an office. So I took an office in the Aljud Center where Tom and Serge is the building. Mm. So in all this time, 10 years, we've been in that little. So we're literally opposite on the other side of the road. Now. Okay, wow. <laughs> so we were in the Aljud Center. We had an office there. And that's when I started hiring a team and merchandisers to manage the stores. Um, and that, to be honest, for the next two years, I was focusing more on distribution. So we were... Uh, very quickly, we had a lot of different stores. We were everywhere, like wherever you would go, you'd find some products there. And then the one of the main challenges that I found uh, with the retail uh, landscape here in Dubai, that a lot of the retailers, and that continues to this day, where when they signed the local uh, uh, contracts for supplying, they they do them on a consignment basis. So they don't want to buy up front. And if they do buy, they always have a clause, which is sale or return. So that put a huge strain on our business. So at first it was like, okay, say yes, yes, and you'll figure it out later. Hmm. No, I think figure it out first, and then <laughs> I, that would be my advice. Good advice, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so because we were like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out, it'll be fine. But it wasn't. Like those two years could have killed us, two, three years, because we were uh, buying a lot of product, right? And then we're supplying them. So say we have a... Uh, 11, 12 stores, right? And we've got all the product for, I don't know, say Halloween. And Halloween is a short window to sell those. And then as soon as that finishes, they're like, well, here you here go. You go. <laughs> wow. And then what do you do with all of that, right? That's fascinating, so, is that? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a huge, huge challenge. So we had to quickly kind of uh, pivot if you will, and say, okay, do you know what? We'll supply you with smaller orders, you know, just what you need. And we have to renegotiate some of the contracts and everything. And then with some of the, uh, say, the supermarkets, right? They, they're not geared towards, they're, they're like, no, when we don't want to take any risk, right? That's all on you. So we had to then be very selective about who we worked with. So then it was more a case of, um, uh, well, let's pause, take a bit of a back step and look at what's working and what's not. And what was very interesting two, three years into the business that my full focus and my team, we were all... Uh, 
killing ourselves with, you know, because you have to supply each of the stores. So, you know, the merchandise. So it'd be like, I remember one particular, maybe 2015, um, around the end of the year, going to Waitrose and Altania and seeing and our displays almost empty and there's hardly anything. I'm like, oh my God, I called the merchandiser. Where are you? And he said, uh, I'm at da-da-da-da-da and I only went there the day before yesterday and it was all fine and da-da-da-da-da. So that was a big challenge for me because, you know, I have merchandisers and if they tell me they've been somewhere, I can't go and check if they've actually been or not. Mm. So that was a big uh, So what happened on that occasion? He'd on, sold out in the day yeah, yeah, yeah. and they weren't replenished. And they weren't replenished, okay. right? And then they were all everything was a mess and everything. So mm. you needed somebody to go there every day because the, again, our contract was that they would give you the space and we had to manage that. And, um, and this was, this could be a merchandiser that works for you. It could be a, a third party, but it's, it's not the, it's not the store's it's responsibility. The store. It's your responsibility. Yeah. So he, they were employed by us. Um, and um, that was one of the moments where it was, the, I, I cannot do this. <laughs> it was a bigger. Uh, and then um, <laughs> when I looked, so, I mean, two years down the line and you look at the numbers and everything and you think, hang on here. So while we've been busy with all of this, on, online has been growing. And all of a sudden, our kind of, when you look at the revenue figures, it's almost 50-50 if... Uh, and that was staggering to look at that, you know, to mm. look at the numbers and say, well, you know, we're pouring everything into this here. And a lot of the times we're not even getting paid for not to mention and not mentioning any names at all. And you're taking but, a lot uh, of risk as well because you're yeah. importing, you're distributing, and there's no guarantee of the sale. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, a huge eye opener at that point. And then uh, I decided to, okay, do you know what? Uh, let's focus more on online. Let's focus more on e-commerce. So we slowly started to kind of um, uh, come out of some of those contracts and come out of some of those stores. And then we really, at one point, we were like, okay, you know, let's sell what we can. And then I think that kind of coincided nicely with some other uh, players entering the market. Uh, I think a year or so later, we had uh, Noon opening up. So we had a good uh, relationship with Noon. We met with the buyer there and they gave us a store in store. So that quite started doing quite well in Mum's world because before that we were, okay, if people want to buy, they can come to PartyCam. We've got our own website. Hmm. But then at that point you realize, well, uh, these uh, marketplace, they also, uh, they can reach a lot more people, right? And they have a lot more. But how did um, you think of that strategically in that, you know, in a sense, Party Camel is a marketplace bringing in other brands. And then how were you comfortable working with another marketplace in terms of, you know, what, what would stop Noon or Mum's World going to the big brand in France and saying, well, you don't need Party Camel? <coughs> because we were, we, because we had worked with them for quite a while then. Yeah, and that took your time. Yes. We'll cut this bit. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, so uh, go again. Yeah. Okay. No problem. <coughs> I'm going to cut this bit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. I stumbled <laughs> earlier. Don't worry. Take your time. Yeah, you can stop whenever. And uh, I'll have one more sip. Okay. So I can tee it up again. Yeah. So, um, uh, so you know that's quite brave to uh, it's quite open-minded to have a partnership approach where you as the marketplace in effect uh, you'll also work with other marketplaces um, do, did you have a good enough relationship or how can you protect party camels so that noon or mum's world don't go direct to the partner in France 
So the brands that what that I work with, I I handpick them and we have a very good relationship with them. So we work with them for a long time and they also believed in us. So once we bring the product here, we bring enough then to serve every the whole market. So for example, if they and they cannot do that from where they are. They 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 don't want to have 50 inquiries or from all different and then have some small orders and some large ones and payment terms and this and that. So they would rather deal with one person. So they just deal with us. And then if anybody was to go to them, they say, okay, you can go to Party Camel and they'll take care of you. But in so a sense, I think in, yeah. in, in a way, as long as the numbers are there, I think you're safe, right? But that's a distribution business mm -hmm. as opposed to an e-commerce. Yeah. So, you know, are you trying to grow traffic onto uh, Party Camel? And this was going to be one of my questions in that mum's world, obviously caters across the boards for mm -hmm. anything for the child or for the mum at home. And then Party Camel is one element to it. Uh, but, you know, do, do you want Party Camel to be that sort of e-commerce brand that is synonymous with uh, celebrations and, th and things at home? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think what, what uh, kind of differentiates Party Camel and our e-commerce website is that when people go there, they go for a particular reason. They'll go there because they have a celebration. It's a one-stop destination. So you know that if you're having a party, if you're having a gathering, you know, whether it's your 40th, your 50th or your grandma's 90th, uh, you know, whatever the occasion, baby showers, you can go to one place and you can get everything that you need. And the customer that will go to maybe Mom's World or Noon or First Cry, they might be uh, looking for an everyday product or something else and they might come across something in particular but it's not your party destination yeah so so yes we do get business through them and we do get orders but it's not it's um, um and they do focus on selling uh, like for example we have a good uh, relationship with the first cry and they do a lot of toys and games and gifts and they kind of focus on that but i think where party camel is different is that we cater uh, purely to celebrations. Uh, and so uh, on the technical side, do you manage the website yourself? How has that changed over the years? You know, we've seen a lot of evolvement in the UAE on payments and fintech. What are some of the hurdles and solutions that you've put in place? For the website, so we still have the same website that we had from day one. Uh, which was uh, built through an independent with an independent uh, web developer. So it's a one-man uh, yeah. show. Then he builds websites, and he's really and it's a custom-built platform. And over the years, we've added bells and whistles to that, and we've kind of uh, uh, grown on that. So I mean, it has been on my list of things to do to one day look at changing that platform or maybe coming because there's a lot in the market now. There's Shopify and there's lots of different things that you can do on lots of different plugins and all. Uh, but we're quite happy with the website that we have. And that's and then we did a rebrand about maybe five years ago uh, with Bloom Branding. It's a female-owned uh, uh, business and they're beautiful and they work with other female-owned businesses. So they did all the branding for us and mm. we work with them still to this day. So that's that's been really nice. Uh, so that gave the website a fresh feel mm. uh, the, with a new logo and new brand identity and all of that. So I think that was... Uh, that it looked like we had a new thing, but the website itself was exactly the same. It was just the images and everything that were yeah. updated. Yeah. And, you know, for other people who are thinking of the challenges here is that what about inventory management and asset management on the website and in the store? What sort of what systems do you have in place? So for the inventory management, and again, it's I mean, it's just good old fashioned Excel. Staying on top of things, yeah. <laughs> Staying on top of things. And the website has a built-in inventory management system, mm. uh, which is pretty good and it's pretty powerful. 
And then for accounting and all of that, we use um, something called Zero. You might have come across it as a cloud-based accounting software, and it's really good. They also have, um, there's another inventory management platform called Unleashed, which plugs into Zero, mm. which is really good as well. But we haven't taken that step yet because we have a really good uh, system, uh, in system in place and they can talk to each other. So they've been... Uh, They've been uh, programmed, so all the orders received through the website go directly into zero. Mm. Everything's automated. So I think that's been one of my um, uh, key focuses as well over the years is to um, simplify things, you know, keep things simple, especially after those first few years that I had with, uh, or, you know, doing trying to do too much too soon um, and try and automate as much as, much as you can. And I think in e-commerce, uh, you kind of can mm. as well. You can automate a lot of the processes, um, so which we've been doing, yeah, yeah, over time. And hence, we can have a smaller team. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like you, you know, you do a lot with the size of the team, but also, you know, there's so many, uh, there's so many softwares in the market that can promise us lots of things. But yeah. actually, it's about finding a system that works for for you. Absolutely, yeah, and works for what you. Uh, and as long as it does what you need it to do. I mean, for us, yes, we have a lot of interest. We have about 6,000 different products mm. um, in the warehouse, like 6,000 SKUs, and then uh, to manage uh, all the different things. And I have a good warehouse team. So it's quite a lot for it. Yeah. Very, yeah, and that's one of my big things. I'm like, everything has to be neat and tidy and in its place. So if you came to our warehouse and did a tour, you wouldn't find a, <laughs> find a piece out of place, yeah, which it's, I'm very proud of, yeah. Uh, nice, I can imagine. But, so it's quite a lot for a, so what would be a sort of a niche. You know, I, I was here around the time when you started your business. I was working in Business Central Towers, and on the ground floor there was a party shop there. Ah, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I was still there. But I, I, I don't think I've ever shopped in it. But yeah, but you know, I think it's quite interesting. You know, you you have got you describe some of the celebrations, but you're right. There's so many different nationalities, so many things celebrated here. But also, it's sort of the online uh, purchasing for these celebrations and gifting. We interviewed uh, the founder of Joy Gifts in the past on this oh, as well, yes. and it really opened my mind to what a what a thing this category is right yes. and um so while you aren't necessarily in gifting it's is about celebrations it is about birthdays and things like that um do you do you see going beyond party camel have you ever been asked for to um to create events around birthday parties and things like that as well oh absolutely all the time all <laughs> the time when people come into the shop or they buy online they buy the pretty things and they say can you help us to set it up <laughs> or you know they'll see a picture on instagram of the beautiful table it's like can you do that for me because a lot of people either they they're a bit um uh not scared but they, they don't they're not brave enough to try it themselves they're like no 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 i'd rather leave this to the experts and we always try to encourage them and say no you can do this you know <laughs> you don't need a lot you just need some pretty pretty napkins some candles party hats balloons that's all you need you know to set the set yeah. the scene for a nice celebration so we do try to encourage and I have and I, I feel that um, doing events and doing party setups is a whole different business you know because uh, it's services then you're providing and for us we supply goods so at the end of the day we're a um, we're an e-commerce business we deal with FMCG products right and uh, it's a very very different business model than doing event setups right it's you you would uh with event setups you uh and then initially when i first started as well i kind of toyed with that idea and another reason uh, when me and my husband spoke about it said well you want to work around your kids and a lot of times the events are on a weekend or they are at that time right when you 
I want to be with your children. Or so that was one of the reasons why I started the uh, retail shop and the online party shop to give me more flexibility personally. Also, so I think events is. Um, uh, a very diff- different business and mm. I'm quite happy with what we so we have to kind of explain when people come in and say well we're a party shop and you can buy all the things that you need from here and we can of course recommend them because there's many event planners that we work with that we supply as well mm. and we can recommend them something if they if someone if they really want to say okay no I want somebody to come in and do everything for me then we of course we work with other people who can do that yeah yeah it's it's impressive that that takes business discipline isn't it to oh absolutely because you, know, you, you can know so you easily are. go in so many different directions mm. and uh and i think it's hard to also say no yeah right because you think i you know you can do it this is pretty easy right you hire a few people and they can go and blow up some balloons <laughs> and do a backdrop and yeah. it's easy enough but to yeah it, it is hard to be disciplined and i often you know uh and a lot of people say to me, well, yeah, but you're missing out on a lot of the market, right? Because that's what people want. Mm. Um, and that's what so... But, then, I, but yeah. then there's many other events companies who don't make it, right? And they're just focusing on one thing and they can't still make it. So yes. it shows that you do need that, that to do to have the success that you had is to do with that sort of focus. But in terms of the interest of... You know, it was interesting you pointed out the data of online versus distribution. But over the years, what are the most common things people are purchasing and what are the trends that you see on Party Camel? The most, um, it, it, it's all, it's always astounding, but it's, it's plates and napkins. Hmm. That's what we sell the most of and candles. Hmm. Yeah. So that's really something, I guess, anybody, if, if it's a party planner, if, you, if it's you at home, those are the basic things that you need. And, uh, you know, and when they're nice and pretty, so say you come in here and you've got like a confetti around and you've got some napkins to say, you know, if you're turning 40, you know, uh, and acknowledging that or mm. the candles. And I think it puts everybody in an instant uh, party mood, right? You yeah. feel, oh, it's a celebration happening. So those are the basics, I would say. Yeah. I'm and actually that's turning, how I'm, turning 40 in two months, so I'll go on party oh, you'll gamble. you'll have to come in. <laughs> you'll have to come in and we'll do some balloons. Or, yeah. you but no, but that's fascinating. But so, but, but also, you know, there are, you know, obviously it's seasonal. We've just had aid and then there's, you know, there's birthdays that are happening all the time. Um, but have you seen sort of uplift in different types of celebrations as different sorts of uh, nationalities come to Dubai? And are there different trends that, you know, suddenly there's a demand on some products that you didn't need five years ago? Yes, I feel now, uh, especially more and more, like uh, this year, right after Easter, uh, for a whole week more, we had uh, still people ordering Easter and having parties. And then uh, and somebody wanted to collaborate um, on a party. And it was the Orthodox uh, Easter. And I think mm. in, in Russia, maybe they mainly celebrate that a lot. So that was mm. something new that I, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, so even, and even I think... In um, after Christmas, right? There's something else. Yeah, uh, yeah. About a week or so. So I, th- I think we absolutely everything, right? We 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 celebrate every, like now. Uh, we came uh, so it was Ramadan, uh, then it was Eid, and now it's the we're like oh, it's the King's coronation. Yeah, sixth of May so that's <laughs> next uh, month. Then we've got a. Uh, Father's Day in June mm. so we're always looking ahead and we've already now done our purchases for Halloween and Christmas 
because that oh, really? takes a long time and you have to do that well in advance. Yeah. So people wouldn't, you don't realize how much work goes in. It was actually at the beginning of the year when we start planning for Halloween and Christmas already. Yeah. And talking about that kind of two questions sprung to mind, one about the pandemic, but mostly around the planning of uh, events and occasions and then to do it, your marketing, you've got a, quite a active presence on social media. How do you, how much does digital and online marketing drive, uh, uh, purchasing and how does that work? Do you do sort of lower funnel? Do you do a lot of sort of PPC like Facebook ads and things like that? Or do you do more sort of word of mouth or do you do more sort of branding, uh, awareness branding? Yeah. For us, it has, um, uh, overall, it's been word of mouth. I don't come from a marketing background and I don't, I didn't understand even the whole power of uh, marketing. So for me, it's like good old fashioned hard work and word of mouth. And, you know, your friend will tell your friend, her friend, and then they will tell. So it's been a lot of that. But I've noticed in the last sort of uh, one year, two years that um, influencer marketing is becoming quite big. And that's something we, we're kind of tapping more into. And it's been more, for us, it's been more um, reactive rather than active because, you know, a lot of people come to us and say, uh, would you like to collaborate? Like I was saying earlier, you know, yeah. so, you know, we would give them the products and they're celebrating something and then they would... Uh, Tag you and yeah, promote exactly. you and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been amazing for us. And I think we've been in quite a lucky position because uh, everybody has something to celebrate, right? Yeah. At some point. So that's been quite a nice uh, thing. So now it's something that we want to actively uh, uh, market. Uh, but uh, otherwise, it's just been organic growth. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so sometimes, you know, you know, influencers can be quite expensive if you if you work with them directly. But in that sort of way, it's indirect. And for you, yes, there's inventory costs, but actually uh, the cost of products with no marketing on top can sometimes be an effective way to market a business. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's also probably been our saving grace as well. Mm. And we've we've probably been doing that and been doing the marketing without actually thinking we're marketing right yeah, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. we're like okay yes sure we could send you a box of uh, yeah you know uh, and indirectly then that's like sampling isn't it and then they get used to and if they see a good service then next time they might pay for it yes absolutely <laughs> yes absolutely yeah. or, or they'll come in and they say oh my god i didn't know that you had a gifts as well or games as well and then they'll come in and yeah yeah absolutely so talk a little bit more about the sort of competitive space uh you know uh, how do you see things now in the market in terms of competition yeah no we do we do uh face competition because um i do find that you know you when you have something and it works you will have other people who who want to also have a business right and have to think okay well you know this works and uh, so yes we do but what I try to do is not look what other people are doing and we kind of keep our head heads down and do what we do uh, so yes no there is there is a lot of people uh, in the market also who are doing that but what I find is that um, we are quite a authentic we're, we're authentic and we're genuine in what we do and it's been the same from day one so we haven't haven't uh, gone off course we haven't done like 10 we do what we did from uh, from the beginning so yeah was it a bootstrap business sorry was it was a it a bootstrap Did you put your, yeah, yeah. Uh, was there a point where you broke even Do, is, is that a year that was it a year or two years or three years it was three years yeah three years. it was three years and it was really uh, three years I was uh, 
you know, if this doesn't work. And uh, I think, and luckily, luckily, somebody must have said to my husband at some point that if you're breaking even at three years, you're good. He heard it somewhere. <laughs> he yeah. heard it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So I said, okay, you know, and we kind of kept to that. I kept reminding, you know, because yeah. he was like, you know, this business is bleeding as money. Yeah, yeah. You know, and especially because in year two, I'd already taken on these accounts and we had to invest in a lot of money to buy the product. And then we had all the overheads uh, go up right yes yeah. we were outsourcing the warehousing but still there's a cost to it hmm. and then there's a team and then there's merchandise and there's, so there was a lot more uh, outgoing than there was incoming hmm. in year two and year three and so by uh, year three though having had all those expenses and done everything else we managed to somehow uh, I think a few big orders saved us wholesale orders uh, from around, like some shop came and said, okay, do you know what? And then they'll order a big order, hmm. you know, and uh, we had a few of those and that's that's what saved the business. Amazing. Then. Yeah. That's and so we're good. like, okay, we, even after all of that, we've managed to break even. So if we do this, 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 and this, this can work. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, did you raise funds after that? No. And would you, so people could raise funds just for a warehouse, right? Like they could fa raise funds for capital expenditure and even I for... I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> no, but as in, <laughs> no, maybe as a small business, but, you know, people, would, people yeah. would find things to spend money on. I'm sure you would have, you know, found things to spend money on, whether it's expanding as, you know, some e-commerce competitors can raise a lot of money. Were you seeing sort of headlines about like fundraising that people are doing in e-commerce and thinking, you know, maybe we'd do that? Or were you more comfortable with understanding what is a, a business that and the margins and operating it in that way i think um i mean it has don't don't get me wrong i have thought about it over time and over the years i'm like oh geez you know if only i had the money i could do this this and this and i could do it so much quicker uh, instead of it taking me five years it would take me a year you know uh, and especially when it comes to producing new products so for ramadan and Eid, we've only done very small curated collections and I was thinking if I had the money oh my god the amount of products that we could make and the amount of things that we could do um, but uh, I, I've just been so busy overall with managing the business and managing everything as it is because I'm very hands-on and I'm there on a day-to-day -day basis so I haven't had the capacity and I feel uh, I've, I, I feel that um, doing fundraising and growing I, it's a full-time job uh, initially anyway right to try and convince someone to invest in you invest in the company um so for me i've focused on organic growth and you know and i always keep reminding myself of the goals which i set out when i first started the business which was to be financially independent have something to do and have flexibility hmm. do something i love and i said okay i've ticked all those boxes and some um and i'm kind of happy with it but i do i do get that uh especially now with the 10 years coming up i do get a bit of itch well what's next you know yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah i kind of touched on the pandemic but didn't necessarily bring it up was that a, a difficult time or how did your business get through it okay um i think the pandemic was for us for our business it did wonders because everyone turned to online hmm. during that time so 2020 we had our best year ever and uh, one of the other reasons for that was that we, I think we barely closed for a few days. We didn't close throughout the whole pandemic. And because we had uh, some of the contracts with the supermarkets, so we had this uh, letter uh, to say that we were an essential business hmm. and you could still operate. So even during lockdown, I think we only had a one or two weeks or whatever, we were still able to deliver and still able to 
operate and uh, a lot of people and then also with the celebrations a lot of people have started having smaller celebrations and at home uh, rather than going and splashing in a, you know wherever they would go in a play area or anywhere so mm. we saw a lot more uh, celebrations on a smaller scale so if it's your birthday even if you're in lockdown you're at home you still want to mark that occasion so I think uh, that's where party camel because then they would maybe go online and you know pick up some candles and party hats and some balloons or something yeah so yeah so that that was uh yeah, um, a good time. Yeah, definitely. The, the e-commerce business, yeah. picked up a lot. Yeah. And, you know, talking about the e-commerce journey, are there areas that you think you can uh, invest in more? You know, do you manage the do you manage the delivery yourself? Like you, you pack the products, but do you have uh, people driving to the to the home? And do you do, you know, do, do you sort of the, the last mile uh, or do you partner with someone for that as well? Yeah, no, I, I'm a great believer in outsource whatever you can. Mm. And I've always done that. So we've never done our own deliveries. We've always had uh, good delivery partners and, uh, and also from the very beginning as well. So we have a very good relationship with them and they're very, and we have multiple now for different things. You know, if you're shipping to the GCC, somebody, you know, somebody does it faster, somebody does it, you know, and so we know, so we have maybe about five different uh, delivery partners. And then we have somebody who uh, delivers in the UAE next day, somebody who's really good for same day delivery. So we, we okay. have our delivery partners and we rely heavily on them. And I, I don't think it would be possible for us to do it ourselves because, you know, so say you've got, uh, I don't know, five, 10 deliveries, right? How can one or two people with all the traffic and everything, right? So mm. for us, absolutely. I think the delivery companies have been, uh, uh, we, we wouldn't be able to do it without them, I feel. And also with other things as well, whether it's when it comes to, uh, I never had an in-house accountant, for example. I always outsourced that up until about a year ago. Mm. Uh, so whatever I've been able to outsource, I have, and keeping the team quite small in the process, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, that, that kind of answered sort of, uh, expansion in the region by having that approach and by having a digital site with a license here, you can reach other markets. Is that how you've done it? And, yes, yes. And which markets have been sort of uh, good for you? Absolutely. So we've, um, I think maybe about a year ago or slightly more, we, we started supplying into Saudi into, mm. and that's a big market for us. So we're barely t touching the, uh, the tip of the iceberg yeah, yeah, the opportunity there because there. Uh, it's uh, so much bigger, right? It's maybe, what, 10, 10 times bigger than the UAE? Or, mm. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot more opportunity. So I think that would be a big market for us. But again, for us to enter there, again, that was another thing, another time when I thought of investment because... Uh, you know, if we had investment, we could maybe have a warehouse in uh, Saudi to serve that market or we could do a lot more. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity in the region. But uh, uh, I think maybe the early few years of the business taught me this to do less, but do it good and uh, mm. do it better. So I've been very cautious in the first few years. I was yes, yes, yes. And then I've been like, I think. 10 times before I say yes to anything now. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, steady, uh, running it in a steady way. So mm. I should come into the end, you know, you, you've been running the business in the UAE for a long time. What's your view on the, on the region in terms of a, a place to run a business and the outlook, uh, you know, are you, are you optimistic about the future of running party camel here? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, if anything, year and year, it gets easier and easier and easier. Like if I think of the first uh, few years, you know, even when it came to um, going and renewing the license and doing all the basic things, like now you can just do everything 
uh, on a portal hmm. and even with the visas and everything we have a pro company and we just send them one email and you know they'll uh, it's it's easy i i i i i feel setting up a business now and uh, it has gotten so much easier and everything's hmm. much more accessible and i think it's a bright future i think there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of things uh, people can do yeah i mean then when I, when i first started with the uh with the e-commerce because at the time it was it was tricky with the delivery like the deli- the courier people wouldn't know where they were going right with the addresses and all of that and they were like oh because there'll be uh, five street fours in Jumeirah for example so if you put street four and they they have no idea mm. uh and i think we've come a long long ways from 2013 to now and mm. i always uh you know uh, you know how e-commerce was in the in Europe in the UK or in Germany or all these different places but now i feel like we've surpassed that mm. uh, of what they are what they are doing we are doing much more like you know same day delivery delivery within 3 or 4 hour slot you can do so much more yeah definitely so the parts of that you know uh by the different sort of unit economics about uh labor to be able to do deliver things fast and everything like that means yeah. we can we've caught up a lot in e-commerce and um, caught up we've surpassed surpassed yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely and there's yeah. been such an adoption people uh want things so fast as well yeah. um so that's great i kind of didn't um, forgot to mention it but when when we were talking earlier about the brands and the products that you build in and in terms of having your own brand and products and in relation to the UAE as a place that you could manufacture uh items is that ever that you ever something you considered absolutely i would i mean if something could be made locally i would be the first uh to say yes but uh, uh the thing with a lot of these products is that they they require advanced sort of uh you know coloring and machinery and the dyes and the a lot of the stuff is gold foiled and it all has to be passed to stringent tests and everything because it's consumable like you eat off the plates and everything so they, yeah. they, they, that facility those facilities don't exist here in the market at the moment so i'm hoping that's something that uh, or even you know regionally that would be amazing yeah mm. and where do you bring do most of those products in from and mainly from europe yeah yeah okay yeah, mainly from the europe Fascinating. Germany, france england yeah. a bit from the us but us is a bit more tricky when it comes to shipping so yeah Yeah. And in terms of expansion and sort of next steps, you know, product roadmap, what do you have for this year and and in the years to come? Um so yes, again, I mean I'd love to year and year maybe do more for Eid and Ramadan and because uh, that's very close to my heart of having beautiful products to cater for those occasions. And then uh just just doing more of what we already do just making it easy. I think that's our goal for the end goal for the consumer to make it as easy as possible for them to celebrate in style at home. Amazing. Well, yeah. thanks for sharing the story of the party camel. It's fascinating to see and congratulations on 10 Thank years. You. Wishing you all the best. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. We'll have such conversations with impressive startup founders and business owners in Dubai throughout the summer. We won't be going anywhere. We'll have one every week, so wherever you're traveling, you can rely on that episode drop on Fridays af- afternoons. 
uh, for a weekly listen. And thank you as always to Ali Khalil and Shahir Al-Kindi who put, produced the show and put it together. Uh, you can subscribe on smashy.tv or any of the mobile apps or the smart TV apps to watch it or to download it or to do whatever you want with the episode. You can also listen uh, for free on podcast apps such as Angami, wherever you're listening to this now, or, or Spotify or Apple or uh, Podio. If you want to re- receive more business news or just inspirational content, you can follow any of the Smashy social profiles. There are many of them. There's a lot of TikToks, there's a lot of Instagrams, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, sometimes you can start at smashy.tv and then you can find the different ones like Smashy Crypto, Smashy Gaming. The business tech startup news is on Smashy Business. And next week we'll be back at 11 a.m. on Friday with another episode.